it's really a macro, I mean, a microcosm for the, the macro, right? Or it's like you can apply it to anything else. How do we deal in the moment with something that's, quote, less than ideal or a, you know, a learning curve that's thrown at us? What do we do with it? And um, can we get neutral? Can we get joyful? Can we get grateful? Hello, welcome to Time in the Studio. Thank you for dropping in. And this is a podcast highlighting the stories of creatives and plant people where we dive into growth, connection, and change. And I'm your host, Sarah Marie Miller. I'm so glad you're here. I am beginning a new aspect of the podcast where in addition to any interviews, I showcase listeners or previous guests on the show as well. And I'm just wanting to do one to three people per episode. I'm wanting to deepen my commitment to this podcast and deepen my connection to other people. And I want to support you. Uh, So if you'd like to be featured in the timeline, it's just a quick shout out on an episode of the show and an Instagram post. Please drop me a line on my Instagram. It's at time in the studio podcast. And you can just send me a little DM letting me know a little bit about you. I'm really excited to support and encourage other people who are doing creative things or working with plants. A couple folks I'd like to feature in the timeline this week are Bridget Ko. She's the creator of really beautiful jewelry and repurposed materials to create avant-garde looks. You can check out her work on Instagram. It's at Bridget Co. B-R-I-G-I-D-K-O. Or you can listen to our interview together. That's episode number five. Uh, I'd also like to showcase Leslie Grossman. She is hard at work making beautiful face masks. She does really beautiful marbling techniques on fabric and paper and creates wallpapers as well. Um, But she's making these really beautiful face masks for workers who are on the front line of the corona pandemic in Philadelphia. So please consider supporting her work or following her at Algae Marbling. It's at A-L-G-A-E dot Marbling, M-A-R-B-L-I-N-G. Last but not least, I would like to feature a little timeline of Elizabeth DeCourcy of Antidote Apothecary. She's in Brooklyn, New York, and she's in Greenpoint creating powerful elixirs and herbal medicine to help people who are dealing with the multifaceted aspects of COVID-19. She has really informative, helpful, and beautiful posts on her Instagram. You can find that at antidote underscore apothecary underscore T-bar. That's A-N-T-I-D-O-T-E, and then it'll pop up. Uh, Please consider supporting local artists, musicians, healers, farmers, and herbalists when possible at this time. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting on Patreon. Uh, You can just log into Patreon and then uh, search for time in the studio. And I know many people are feeling the pinch of the current coronavirus pandemic financially. Uh, I'm with you on that. If that is you, but you want to do something to support the show, please follow or subscribe, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And if you leave a review, please feel free to include your website or Instagram handle to bring more awareness to your work as well. 
And now for a little bit about, about Roxanne Malcolm. She is the owner of Elegant Alchemy Herbals, and I had the delight of attending the Colorado School of Clinical Herbalism with her, Colorado School of Clinical Herbalism, uh, with her for a couple years. She's a vitalist, an herbalist, a green witch, a dakini, an alchemist, a gardener, and a teacher. She's also studied at the Gaia School of Healing, Give Peace a Chance Yoga, Dakini's Breath Yoga from the School of Yoga, Alchemy, and Ayurveda. And I love on her website, you should definitely check it out. It's uh, www.elegantalchemyherbals, but she does a shout out to all of her or many of her teachers from over the years. And I think that's such a beautiful idea. And I want to do that as well. It's really such a great, uh, just great to remember the people who have taught us in the past and are helping to evolve us into better people. Um, she's offering... Uh, Roxanne Malcolm is offering really beautiful ceremonial space each Tuesday, and she also offers really beautiful classes and workshops around health, wellness, herbalism, breath, Ayurveda, and much more. I really enjoyed our discussion. We drove into the four directions, using that as a guide for creating more intention in your life, purpose, and flow. And at the end, we also did a really fun breathwork exercise, actually two exercises. And I'll be including that in an additional podcast after this, in case you want to revisit just the exercises repeatedly. Roxanne also discusses some of her thoughts about the possibility of this pandemic at the very end of the episode. Um, most of the episode, we don't really talk about the current happenings, but it is all relevant and kind of weaves in, but not in a super intense way. Uh, please enjoy. And when you listen, you can screenshot the episode, share it on your social media and tag me at Time in the Studio podcast. I'd love to hear any insights you're taking away. Okay, here we go. Cha-cha-cha. I am so excited to connect with you, Roxanne Malcolm, and to hear a little bit about <clears throat> your evolution. Um, I haven't checked in with you in a while, but you were one of the first guests on the show um, when I started the podcast a couple years ago. And so I've just noticed like a total transformation in, I mean, it's always been aligned, but your practice just seems to be evolving and getting richer and deeper and kind of expanding in some really interesting ways. So I'd love to just check in about what you've been up to and a little bit about if you want to remind people of your history of uh, who you are and where you've been. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you for that lovely introduction, Sarah. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really fun to be back and sitting here in front of you and reconnecting. Uh, we know each other from Colorado School of Clinical Herbalism, where we attended for a couple years there together. And I have since then moved home to Southern California. I have fallen in love again with the landscape in Southern California. Um, a big reason that I moved home um, was for a man who's now my husband. 
it ended up being a good choice. Welcome um, home and congratulations. It's very exciting. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I was trying to bring that, you know, keep it to the plants and say that um, what I didn't realize was I was really being called back to the Santa Monica Mountains. And one of the first things that I did when I moved back here and one of the reasons I felt okay or good about moving back aside from the man was I was enrolled in the Gaia School of Healing, which is a plant medicine apprenticeship in the Santa Monica Mountains um, out here north of LA. And that is more of a intuitive approach to working with the plants. And there's some plant spirit medicine woven in there um, and some more like shamanism uh, or like the beginnings of shamanism in that. And so really, I think my journey since we uh, were in school together has been about deepening with the plants in a, uh, in a spiritual way, in a, in a nonlinear way as one way to put it in a more intuitive way. And I didn't really realize when I was moving back to California, that that's the journey that I was wanting to embark on. And so if you remember, I'm sure you do, when we were at, um, in school together, one of the first things that we learned about was vitalism. And vitalism is, you know, in a nutshell, the idea that uh, all healing comes from life and nature, our life force, and that these two um, items, these two, uh, you know, characteristics, if you will, are part of a functioning and all pervasive unity. And they actually can't ever be separated. And that that's what drives our healing. And so that was one of the things that I really loved about just the introduction to working with plants. And um, that is really further. Um, we learned in a more um, clinical way mm -hmm. at the clinical herbalism school. And after having that base established, then going deep and really finding for myself, um, you know, while still standing on the shoulders of amazing herbalists like Paul Bergner, who started the school and Rosemary Gladstar and Susan Weed and Michael Moore and, um, Lisa, the director of the school, and all these amazing herbalists and people who really pioneered what we know now today as herbalism. Um, but then taking to their advice, which always was find out for yourself. Yeah. Um, so as I've begun to do that, that's really what's deepened it for me. Mm -hmm. um, it's not reading more. It's not, um, of course, seeing clients is is a way of knowing more because that all pervasive unity, that vitalism, the vital force is going to show up differently in every person. And thus the interaction with the plants is different, you know, or unique, I should say for every person, even though some things are similar. So that's one way to deepen. And I have done some work with clients, but really my work has been going deep in, in me. And then that somehow, involutes back out into deepening with the rest of the world oh so beautiful yeah I love that process of just like really tuning into the plants and paying attention to how they feel 
And I think it's important to know kind of the clinical elements of what the plants are doing, what their constituents are. Like that's also fascinating as well, but then it's also it's like, okay, and how do they, what is their story and tuning into mm. that as well? What mm, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, what I didn't say, what I meant to, the phrase I meant to tie in there was um, the four ways of knowing we learned about vitalism and we learned about the four ways of knowing of which like knowledge is one and, and intuition is, is one. So, you know, an entirely intuitive approach, you're missing something and an entirely clinical and, you know, books and knowledge based approach is missing something also. And we want to have a, be using all four directions, all four ways. And what are the other, so there's I. I should remember this, but I know there's like, yeah, the four direct. So they use the four directions. So there was a, an element of shamanism in what we were doing there, but it was still based in the, you know, it was mostly, it was based in the clinical. Um, but yeah, so the East being the science um, element, the air element, the intellect, um, and like the mind, the South being personal knowledge and experience, a personal experience, meaning, um, and fire in that heart. And uh, the West being intuition, the water element, and the spirit or spiritual aspect of knowing. And then the North being tradition and earth element and body. So, um, yeah, you have tradition, science, personal experience, and intuition. Um and then you, and then, yeah, earth, air, fire, and water. So it's beautiful. Just how you're weaving all of those elements together and like deepening your own experience and deepening your studies and uh, your understanding of the traditions and, and tuning into your own inner knowing as well. That's really beautiful. Mm. Mm, thank you. Yeah. I really think that, like I've thought a number of times since we were started school together and since I started learning about the plants, how did people find this stuff out? Like, yeah. how did this get started? You know, and it really came from, it really did start out as coming from an intuitive place or just being really connected to spirit perhaps, and then building on personal experience and then, you know, collecting that data and kind of, you know, keeping a log, which is like then the intellectual piece. Um, but it started out with that intuitive place. And yes, we used to live closer to the earth and we were maybe our channels were more open so that one, like the information that was coming through, we were more open to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, though, we trusted that information so one we're coming from more of a neutral place of not mm-hmm. having like personality or agenda be a part of that mm-hmm. um which now after centuries of you know living in shelters and structures and putting down roots and you know collective societal you know um uh structures uh you know and karmas have informed us um we tend to have a little bit more of a personal stake in things, but mm, yeah, There's so much of the knowledge came from an intuitive place where it really wasn't coming from us, but we were just being a channel for, for mm-hmm. the message to come through or for really to be an observer, yeah. you know, watch how nature is 
interacting, you know, look at the plants and see, oh, you know, this plant, when you break off a leaf, like a white milky stuff comes out of it. I wonder what that is, you know, like touch it to your tongue, <laughs> figure it out. Oh, that, you know, the, the deer always come and eat this plant. I wonder what that's about, you know, as yeah. a, and like learning in that way. And so I think that a really big piece of what my practice has um, evolved into being about is really to empower people to um, cultivate their or remember, re-remember that they can trust themselves and to cultivate that self-trust and to use the four ways of knowing to, you know, get more neutral, to open up more. And, um, you know, by doing that, um, live a life or start to feel a little bit more in your imbalance in your body um, so that you can open, feel good about opening and also feel protected or have good boundaries, how you should, or um, ha- so that you can feel like you want to continue to open. And like there is something out there for you to connect with and there's something to give and there's something to receive. Um, and I think that's what we're all really working towards on the planet right now. And it, it's yeah. really felt right now too. Um, Gosh, it's either being felt by the people who've been doing it as, yes, thank you. Like, come on, everybody. Like, come on, let's go. I've been flying up above, you know, soaring through the cosmos <laughs> and looking down at the earth and marveling at the wonder and come on, join me finally. Or, you know, people are really realizing how, much fear maybe they have and how much they want it to be different or they want to find that sense of peace or how is it, where is it? Um, So my practice has been helping people to access a place where they can find um, the little, even just a glimmer of an option of, a sense of calm, a sense of personal power, um, a sense of connection to spirit. And as Rosemary Gladstar says, um, uh, what did she say? Uh, um, Talking to plants is one way of talking directly to spirit. And Mm. I love that quote so much. That's so good. Oh my gosh, that's such a reminder. And thank you for that reframe and just reminder that like connecting into spirit and connecting into your intuition it isn't always just about connecting to yourself but something deeper and something that transcends the ego as well it's like Mm. because I think sometimes people are scared like should I trust myself but it's like okay if you're just trusting a plant that sometimes can be a little easier or just like a more a more real connection in a way, like just to breathe with the plant and to listen to it and to see if it wants to be your friend and ask it questions, you know, like I love that way of communing with plants and with spirit and to kind of take the ego out of it a little bit. And sometimes you have to engage it a little bit to, in, in order to do that. Like one of my teachers, uh, Rachel, she talks about, Rachel Weiss, she talks about sometimes you have to just tell yourself like, yeah, I'm just making this up. And then it allows you to go deeper into the Mm. imaginal realms and kind of transcend the ego by 
accepting it a little bit and like giving it a little token like yeah I'm just making this up and then you can go even deeper Ooh, I love that. I'm getting chills as you're saying it. And one of the reasons I love that and why it's so true, and at least what I think, why that works is because really everything is an expression of spirit. So nothing is ever not spirit. So if you're like, oh, this doesn't work, I think I may be making this up. You're admitting to some kind of self-reflection or something that's real for you. Mm -hmm. And that opens up like whether it's the honesty of it or whether it's just the you can relax now that you've admitted something or whatever it is for you and somehow in doing that it does connect you more because um because everything's an expression of spirit and you're just like connecting that much more with yourself and how you really truly feel in the present moment Mm. um yeah oh my gosh I love that. So good. <laughs> really good. So, good. so I'm curious, like, I, f- I just feel like uh, your practice, yeah, it's just getting deeper and richer and you're offering yourself, I feel like, in a more kind of vulnerable way, like doing mm-hmm. videos and it's just like all of a sudden there's like, I just sense this expansion from you in the last couple of months. So I'm just curious, like, where is that coming from? Like, how are you allowing yourself to kind of open to the world? And what is this time? What has Mm. this time been like for you? Mm. That is an excellent question. And it's, I love that you are so in tune that you are feeling that for me because it really has been a, like a, caterpillar to butterfly um pat year for me but I honestly I have to say that it started with before we even met in herb school and I did a yoga teacher training um locally there in Denver and I was introduced to Ayurveda and but I remember in that teacher training was the first time I realized just and we're you know we're in a circle everybody's just like sharing about I don't know something about themselves and um it was the first time that I really realized how terrified I was to be seen by other people mm-hmm. and yeah. so yeah and so then that evolved into w- wanting to work on that or wanting to release that and um, later on while we were, um, in school together, um, I also at the same time did a training with this woman called, uh, Chitra, uh, Giak, and mm-hmm. she does Dakini's breath yoga. And so that's breath work and organic movement, um, mm-hmm. which is really powerful for me in, in a non-linear, non-intellectual way, being able to move a lot of just self-doubt, um, fear, uh, stuck energy in my body that was really keeping me from feeling comfortable in myself. Yeah. And I really loved that because I didn't have to tell a story about like, it could just come up and sometimes I would know what it was and sometimes I wouldn't. And I love the idea of not having to psychoanalyze it. Um, you know, I think sometimes things uh, are 
need to be defined and known what they are. And other times it doesn't matter so much. Um, so you could say that I've been working on this for a long time, (laughs) but really in the last year it has gotten much deeper and much more expansive. And it's because I've really focused my attention and my energy on shamanic tools and learning the practices that as it turns out are so resonant for me and feel so right for me even though it's not the culture that I grew up in here now in this life which I know is controversial for some people um you know but the truth is we've all been here many times and we all hold a lot in our bodies and you know we're not just holding what what we you know to some extent universal and so yeah like I don't know it's just so healing and helpful to like use some of those um practices and have reverence for them as well where they come from and exactly yeah and you're right and really what it is is it's a love of nature it's recognizing nature it's saying like you know oh I'm so grateful for the sun and really feeling that gratitude in a really present and really deep way and, re- and, and believing that, that the sun can understand you, <laughs> you know, or that it feels your gratitude. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, anyway, we don't have to get old on that topic, but it's, yeah, it's recognizing the elements, the seen world and also the unseen world, but the very simple things that we quote, take for granted. In a way, um, and but taking them as, as like you said, friends, as personalities, as entities that, um, you know, have quality to them, just like we do. And in fact, all live in us, right? That's the uh, where Ayurveda, um, you know, maybe speaks about that in a more, um, uh, in a more like transparent way than herbalism, maybe mm-hmm. with the doshas, where it literally says your vata dosha or your kapha dosha or your pitta dosha literally means you have more of a water quality or more of a fire quality or more of an air quality to you. Um, and we see how people have described the ways that these elements show up in the world around us and also in our bodies and how our bodies are made up. And so that's really what I love because it's so accessible to anybody. Mm-hmm. And I have really witnessed a response. So part of my opening to the world, getting back to your question, finally, is, <laughs> is that I love, I love, we can go in any direction. So there's no, like, we need not be linear. So it works yeah. beautiful. Cool. Thank you. Um, but it really is helping me realize that um, by reaching out to the elements that I felt comfortable doing, because the truth of the matter is, as I was coming out of my shell um, in my incubation period, you could say, I really sometimes would feel more comfortable going and talking to a tree than talking to a person. Yeah. <laughs> and I could explain that to you a whole number of ways or give you a whole bunch of reasons why, but but that just really is what it ended up being. And but what happened is is that when I started really believing in um 
the gratitude as having a purpose of being received, of the gratitude being received, the conversation being received, and then coming with a humble heart and asking questions and just being a witness, I actually would get answers. I actually would get, and then that would open me up more and more, right, to that. And then also slowly to people because... Like I said, all we're all an expression of spirit, right? People tend, I think the reason I was intimidated is maybe people tend to be more complicated <laughs> than <Yeah>. plants or animals. <laughs> and so like, I didn't know. And that's the other thing is I didn't know how to protect myself for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel comfortable being vulnerable. I also mm-hmm. am, a, am, am an empathic person. So for a long time, I didn't understand that I was taking on other people's stuff. So um, to... I'm sure I could say more, but two main reasons why uh, this past year has really deepened for me and the past excited to share and not as worried about being vulnerable with the world. One, because I've learned healthy ways to protect myself. Mm. That's energetically and that's also using plant allies. So our certain plant allies that are protective, according to doctrine of signatures, right, are the ones that have thorns the brambles and hawthorn and rose. And so those plants and calling in those, not just um, working with them in terms of drinking them or having them around, but calling in the plant spirit. Yeah. Um, And specifically reconnecting, healing my relationship with tobacco was huge, is huge for that. Um. So I was a smoker for 10 years mm-hmm. from 18 to, you know, 28. I, I smoked for 10 years too. Like you did? Yeah. 14 to 24, but my parents. Similar though, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have that in common. Well, you know, it's like any good relationship, right? The 10 year mark, you're going to find out whether you want to be together for the rest of your life or you're going to call it quits. Right? Yeah. You're like, <laughs> well honestly I think I had I think maybe I had thought of quitting before I actually did but when I did the situation which is another conversation we can have the details of it but I was involved in this deep meditation group and it involved a lot of advanced breath work and I was in meditation and I had this experience where I um I was there and witnessed my a, a close family member of mine who was kind of a tortured soul um, leave his body. And I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting. I knew he was sick. I found out later that I was actually in it at the time that he actually did die. And I didn't know that until afterwards. But anyway, I took that as I felt like, you know, I'm doing this breath work and the smoking's not helping me. Uh, with expanding my lungs, it seems odd. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to take this moment as an opportunity to, uh, you know, say I don't need that anymore and, and be done with it. And I, so I quit cold turkey that day. And I, I've never gone back to smoking cigarettes. But when I, so I started with this um, shamanic, studies group in the last year and my teachers used tobacco shamanically and 
I felt really drawn to the plant and, but I knew that I had had a, um, an unhealthy relationship with the plant, not because it, smoking is unhealthy, but because it was a, it was, I was taking and I was being self-indulgent and I wasn't really recognizing why I was, why I was interacting with the plant. Anyway, so I realized that I actually, tobacco is a really powerful ally for me. It has been in previous lives, I'm sure. And I really wanted to heal my relationship with tobacco. So what I did was I waited um, till it felt right. I kind of knew that that's what I wanted to do. I would start like sort of talking to the plant and, um, you know, asking when it might be time so that I could work with the plant and, um, you know, eventually the opportunity came for me to be able to purchase some um, mapacho, some jungle tobacco, and uh, via a friend. And I did that. And via some of what I had witnessed my teachers do, and just being in conversation with the plant about how to use the plant, I started experimenting on my own only for the purpose of honoring as a ritual in the morning. So in using tobacco shamanically, um, you never inhale. And it's always that you sing into the plant to evoke, um, evoke spirit, really, you know, to give gratitude, to put your intention in and, you know, to recognize the plant for its power. And then also that you want to work with it, thank it, what you would want, um, what your intention is. And for the purpose in the morning and, um, light a mapacho, kind of clean myself by blowing smoke on myself. Mm-hmm. And then I would give the smoke as an offering to the directions, to the elements. Mm-hmm. And it felt so nourishing and so deepening. And so that has just developed into this relationship like it would with a friend that you slowly cultivate trust with over time. And Tobacco happens to be not just an incredibly cleansing plant, um, but really a protective plant. And so through cultivating a relationship with tobacco, I feel like I now, I call on the, the spirit of tobacco when, you know, I just, when I need a little bit of support, if I'm going into a situation that I need help with, or I've just been in one. Um, and so I feel really supported and protected by tobacco. And that's one of the reasons that I've been able to put myself out there more. Um, And the other reason is because as I was saying, the more that I opened up to what um, I could receive back, Mm-hmm. from who from the plants from you know who I was communicating with the more I was shown how supported and how beautiful I am and how much I have something mm-hmm. to offer <laughs> and so then I would start to be able to get comfortable with wanting to support other people and be supported by them and all of this knowledge the Ayurveda the yoga the herbalism the breath work 
has all been marinating inside of me and kind of ripening in the way that, you know, we make a tincture or a nourishing vinegar and we let it sit for, you know, whatever amount of time, you know, the six weeks or a year or however you want. And when it cures to the point of being ready, then all of those beautiful medicines harmonize together and are this beautiful offering that is medicine. And so that's kind of what's happening with me right now. And I have to say that the working with master teacher plants in the past year has really opened my eyes and really helped me get rid of so much that I'm just ready to get rid of in a really efficient way. Mm. And also the coronavirus, I have to just say, you know, like the need, like the, you know, the fact that there's so much fear, there's so much, um, sort of inner chaos and a bit of outer chaos um, on the planet and that I have this knowledge to share. I just, even before it happened, I was getting the message, you know, now is the time, now is the time. And so. Yeah. So beautiful. And I love that idea of tobacco helping you step forward. Cause I mean, this is definitely a simplification, but in terms of flower essences, it really helps you ground and feel mm. just like really stable. And so I feel mm. like from that stability, it's easier to like rise up, be yourself, be confident and like offer yourself. And it also mm. is a really great plant for community. Like I kind of think mm. of when people do want to smoke a cigarette, it's like they like just want to feel grounded and feel connected. You know, there's kind of like mm. you get this kind of like, kinship with other people who are smokers which it's not healthy or or ideal but it's like there is that is the medicine of the plant is like okay you're getting this connection with others and deepening into yourself like it does kind of bring a grounded sense so I love that idea of just like working with it with a little more reverence and like giving it um just that sacred gratitude and then allowing that relationship to unfold that's just so beautiful and I can see how that's like really just juicy and rich and yeah so gorgeous Mm -hmm. Mm, thank you yeah yeah and every plant has their medicine like that you know tobacco happens to be a really powerful one you know the really the plants that are the most powerful or the animals that are the most powerful allies too tend to be like the more dangerous they are, the more powerful they are. Mm. Um, so, but it's not mm. only the case, you know, nettles is like such a powerful spirit and you can use any of the plants. I shouldn't, I, I should hesitate to say use. You can work with any of the plants um, in this way because they all have their spirits, but when they're not as dangerous or they're not as, yeah, the stakes aren't as high with them, I guess, maybe is the way to put it. Um, no, that's not the way to put it. X that one up. Um, when, 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 you know, like it's a little harder to, 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 you know, like it, maybe it takes a little bit more of a refinement to like touch in or something. But I love that reframe and that reminder that like we're not here to use the plants because like I, can fall into that too where I'm like this idea of like the plants are there for us but it's like okay and we need to remember to give back too and like Mm -hmm. 
yeah, give gratitude, plant plants and like tend to them. So that it's a relationship. Before about the, uh, the journey that is exploring the internet, <laughs> teaching on the internet or, you know, oh, right. doing what we do on the internet um, or via Zoom has been a very fertile learning ground for me. And one of the things that happened was I wanted to do my class outside. And so I did that, but I didn't plug my computer in and I thought that I would have enough battery and it drained really quickly. And I had to stop my class, you oh, know, no. um, and, go, or not stop it, but just say, I'm going to pick us up now and carry us inside. <laughs> and, you know, so just like these cute sort of things that in the moment where, it's, it's really a macro, I mean, a microcosm for the, the macro, right? Or it's like you can apply it to anything else. How do we deal in the moment with something that's, quote, less than ideal or a, you know, a learning curve that's thrown at us? What do we do with it? And um, can we get neutral? Can we get joyful? Can we get grateful? Yeah. And move from there and just trust that if we're, as long as that's what, the one thing that we do or the couple things that we do, that the rest of it will take care of itself. And it's not actually about finding the charger and like, you know, making sure everybody feels taken care of and all of that stuff. It's really about realigning with the present moment, with your heart, with your gratitude, and then it will just reveal itself to you, you know, and just knowing that you're being adaptive. So that's been really continually a lesson for me that I keep learning like almost every time I do it. (laughs) And (laughs) it still feels like a victory, even if it didn't go perfectly. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think it's all about like what kind of experience do we want to have? Because the truth of the matter is, is that we're all taken care of. You know, I don't care who you are. You can give me any example of a person in any situation. And it could be there's a lot of suffering there. And or it could be that there's a lot of hardship there. And or there could be none of it, seemingly. Mm -hmm. Um, But my answer is still the same or my perspective is still the same in that, you know, the vital force is taking care of us all or is attempting to take care of us all. And it's just about how open we are, how tuned we are to it. And so it's really just about what kind of experience do you want to have? Mm. You want to feel like you are progressing through and that you're in at, and you have the tools and you are able to, you know, access gratitude, access spirit, access a sense of calm or confidence, um, despite the challenges or in the midst of the challenges? Or do you want to have the kind of experience where um, it's a more rough and tumble? Mm-hmm. Um, and both are fine. I don't mean to, you know, like phrase it in a way where it sounds like one is better than the other. I mean, to me, I would rather have a smoother time. I'm, I feel I, like I say, you know, I feel the best that I ever have felt in my life. And I think part of it is because um, they say that that happens in your thirties, but the other part of it is, and part of why it feels so good is because I really feel like I've been doing the work. So I feel very equipped 
And of course, there's more to go. There's always going to be more to go there. I would like to be a little less verbose and more intentional with my words. I ha- I still have my, you know, my goals and things that I'm working on. Um, but I feel the most comfortable in my body that I ever have felt before. And I feel the most comfortable, you know, sharing and receiving. And it's from, like you say, this stable, um, like the still place, but the stable, the stability and the stillness doesn't mean that it's boring, yeah. you know, and because things get thrown my way and it's, all, and then it's like, Oh, you know, and that's a price and, um, you know, but it's colorful when you can call on tobacco, when you can call on deer medicine, when you can, you know, call in nettles or, you know, like, like you would call up a friend and then you're not as alone in the world. And um, and it's not just an intuitive, spiritual thing. We know that these plants have constituents to them. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, some, uh, some of why we know that is scientific and some of why we know it is from, you know, um, people documenting over time. Um, but that's still a form of knowledge. And so we have... Um, we have enough for our intellectual brains to be satisfied, I think, and as well as being able to trust in the spiritual aspect. Um, and maybe one other thing that I'll share about that is I was recently turned on to this book called um, Self-Observation mm-hmm. um, by this person called Red Hawk. And He's not the only person who talks about this. I think he's a student of Gurdjieff and it gets very metaphysical and philosophical very quickly. But the, one of the many things that that small and profound book has taught me is that, um, we all, we have these different centers. We have an instinctive center and a, uh, emotional center and a moving center. And these are like the ways, kind of like the four ways of knowing. This is like the ways that in which we operate in our bodies. And so the moving center is the very first one to react Mm -hmm. to anything, to understand anything. Um, It's like when you're taking a hike and, you know, a snake is all of a sudden in front of the road and you jump out of the way. Right. That's like the, you move first. It's your fight or flight. I guess you could call it that like animalistic, um, limbic system. Um, and then you emotional center is second. So you, you saw a snake, you jumped out of the road and then you immediately start crying because you could have just died because it could have bitten you. And then later is the last is the intellectual center. So, you know, later, much later that day or, you know, the next day you really start to like realize like, gosh, you know, and, and start to explore like, all the things that could have happened or how you might've prevented the thing or what you would have done if you had gotten bitten and stuff like that. And so, you know, this is just how we're set up. However, in society, we place the intellectual center as the first thing that we mm. go to. And we also place it in the driver's seat meaning the intellectual center is the one that we're like looking to 
for every decision, which it's actually not built or designed to do. The intellectual center, I think, can only process something like 2,000 bits of information compared to like the 200 million bits of information that like that are possible to process. Mm. So this is why we live in fear so much because the intellectual center is not designed to be in the driver's seat, but it's put in this position. So it immediately feels out of control or not immediately in most situations feels out of control because it's not designed to do that. There's too much coming at it for it to process. So then it feels further out of control and afraid doesn't know what to do. So what happens? We filter and we grab onto the thing that we know first. Or we're like filtering, filtering, filtering. Oh, I recognize that feeling. And then, you know, put that in the bank. And so that's why these habits can be so powerful and so... Um, so pervasive. And so the idea with the book is that if we can get into a place of self-observation, which means that we're not judging ourselves, but we're witnessing mm -hmm. and we're also attempting to just be body comfortable all the time. Just those two things is enough to change a behavior and enough to um, feel more connected to start to access that place of calm more to start to access that place of self-trust more and trust in spirit more, I guess, too, um, because you're placing more value. Breathwork is like the number one way to me. Breathwork is the number one way. And um, so, you know, working with breath modifications like deep yogic breath um, and holding breath at the top of the inhale, like a kumbak, and then holding the breath down at the bottom of the exhale and cycling like that. Mm -hmm. And really just working with that because what's going to happen is your nervous system is going to start to talk to you, especially when you hold the breath at the bottom of the exhale. Yeah. It's going to start to feel tender and you're going to start to feel kind of fluttery and like, oh my God, and almost like that fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing is you're pushing the edges of your nervous system. Mm -hmm. and you're actually strengthening your nervous system by doing it. And all it would take is five minutes a day of doing this. And you begin to cultivate relationship with yourself and your not self, meaning like the stable calm feeling that's underneath the layers of personality and the layers of karma because you touch into this place of the fertile void or the great mystery, whatever you want to call it. And even though there's a there can be a nervousness that comes up, the fact that you touch in there, that's giving you another option. It's the repetition mm. of another option all of the time. That work oh is so profound. And I, I feel like it keeps coming up from like different people that I know that are just like, breath work, breath work, like, especially at this time, like, I think keeping your immune system strong, keeping your, you know, stress levels lower, like reducing your mm -hmm. stress. And for people who do get ex an exposure to the virus, it can help strengthen and rebuild the immune system and 
the respiratory system. Like it's mm-hmm. really, breathing is it's pretty important. <laughs> yeah, if you think about it, it's it's respiration. It's bringing oxygen to our blood. It's also the the intersection point between body and beingness. And so it's working on a on a number of different levels. The breath um, and. It, you just made me think of when we were in school and we did our class on um, the lymphatic system and the immune system. Oh, and yes. what did Le- what did Lisa say? What's the best lymphatic? There is jumping jacks, moving. <laughs> you know, moving your body. It's actually not even a plan. You know, because there's nothing like going like this for yeah. pumping your lymphatic system. So, you know, and that's using your breath to do it. It's motion and it's breath. Mm -hmm. Um, So simple. Yeah. (laughs) Seemingly, you know, like the intellectual mind is like, what, really? That can't be it. (laughs) You know, that can't be it. But But it is it. Jumping jacks, yeah. (laughs) But it is it. But it's just, we forget. And that's why it's also important to have a ritual and a practice every day that's just very accessible, very easy, mm. you know? I mean, there might be times when you might have to fight for your practice, but if it's, if you establish a routine, um, it's, it's just, it's, it's a reminder, which we need, you know, you could do some, you could do breath work every day for, for two years, Okay, if you did that, you might end up doing it for the rest of your life. But it's also very possible that that was just a phase. And two years later, you're like not even doing any breath practice at all. Um, because we forget, because we are always working kind of, um, I don't want to say working against, but we're always, yeah, battling our personalities um, a bit. We're always battling our egos a little bit. And um and we do walk that line between, you know, presence and non-presence. And it's just part of what it is about being here, I guess. Are there so any, the reminders are so necessary. Are there any tools for you that you're finding to keep that consistency and to keep engaging with the breath work? Like, how do you remind yourself or like get yourself to do it every day? I remember how I feel when I do it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like if I, one, like if I wake up in the morning and I don't know, whatever feeling it feels like for you to wake up. Sometimes it, my first thought is I'm so grateful to be here. And other times it's like, man, I kind of overslept or, you know, <laughs> either way, like the, sun, the sun's kind of shines in my eyes. And uh-huh. if I, can touch into it's almost it's almost like an addiction like a good addiction mm-hmm. when you think about the last time they did yeah. that or how good it felt and that's me that's my get you know that's how I get myself to do it um you know that and I know that the more that I give the more that I you know they say like every time you every time you give a blessing you get a blessing mm-hmm. so I want to give my blessings and I want to get my blessings. So that's kind of the way that I, you know, it's like a gift to myself. And this is really how I sort of look at it. Um, So it's not any kind of obligation like, oh, I will feel better if I do this. 
or I really should do this, you know, in the way of like, oh, I should work out or, oh, I should not eat such and such. There's nothing attached to it that has a sense of obligation. Mm. It's some, it's a, it's something that I'm gifting myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I enjoy it. I look forward to it and I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And so as we know, everything is spirit. So anything can be that for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be waking up in the morning and like, filling up all the bird feeders that you have around your home or your apartment or watering your plants um, and feeling the sun on your face and feeling gratitude for the sun and for the water and your plants. Or it could be, I mean, usually something that has to do with the natural world is better rather than, I don't know, like every morning I get up and I watch a, you know, like on YouTube or something like that could be your ritual, but I don't know. I find more, I think you get something more out of doing something tactile. Mm -hmm. Um, But it could really be anything as long as it's um, something that you feel like you're gifting yourself and you also are aware of why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I'm doing this to gift myself something. Like, Oh, this is, this is to remind myself of my intention that, I want to start my own dog grooming business with like all holistic and natural, <laughs> you know, products or whatever, even though right now I work for, um, I must said I, I work at Blockbuster, which is so not a thing anymore. <laughs> um, but I, even though, <laughs> even though I work, I remember Blockbuster. That's so funny. I know. Yeah. Isn't that weird that that just popped into my head? <laughs> hilarious no idea why that's so funny um oh my gosh coming back to something you said earlier you talked about the master the plant master teachers Mm -hmm. could you talk a little bit more about that who are Mm -hmm. they what's that Mm -hmm. all about um so yeah the master teacher plants are the plants that we uh that we consider to be the hallucinogenic plants mm-hmm. that are that are hallucinogenic plants. They're the the plants that contain um, like DMT and these other substances that or I should say chemicals that bend our minds, expand our minds, allow us to see more than what we normally see. Allows portals to open to other other realms and other places mm-hmm. and also really teach us how things are in- interconnected teach us about the universe and the way that they teach us is um there is always very specific to mm-hmm. the individual, like whatever you get was the medicine just for you. Yeah. So not only in the way that it comes through by that, I mean, either the physical sensations or the visual, um, the visuals, but also the, the message in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
you could say that altogether, those are messages of, or, you know, feelings and sensations and visions of how in general, we're all connected about like the qualities of the universe and about the all pervasive unity of everything. But there's so much in there. Mm. Just like they're just like how everything's an expression of spirit. There's so much in there that there's so many messages to get that like, you know, each, each person is really communicated to in a really individual and unique way. Um, so, you know, there are reasons that those plants are called medicine and that they've been used as a part of ritual for centuries and longer. Um, you know, they have a way of, but because they contain those constituents, uh, their medicine is usually very um, efficient, mm, mm-hmm. you know, and very, very powerful. And they usually demand something in return. Mm. Um, and so it's usually the return is um, some kind of a realization or a life change, um, something like that. Mm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. But so there, you know, there's psilocybin, um, it's ayahuasca, it's, um, you know, uh, ca- a couple of different cactus medicines. And um, those are all plants that people discovered as having these special qualities that really open us up. And when, and it, and it's really important, just like, what I was saying about tobacco and what we were agreeing about tobacco, about having that sense of the medicine of the plant, the reverence for the plant, and really what we want to apply to all plants. It's actually imperative that that's the approach that we take with these, with these master teacher plants. Um, one, because they are way more powerful and stronger and, um, you know, like we said about the tobacco, it's like when something's more powerful and stronger, then it's more of a reason why we need to show up with gratitude and with a humble heart. So otherwise they can take us out, you know, not that anybody's ever died from any um, of these other master teacher plants, but um, usually there's some kind of like your payment. if, If that's the way to say it, like your payment is in your recognition. Mm. You know, your mm. gratitude, your life change, you know, heeding the message or the call. Um, and so what tends to happen is, is that if you work with those plans without those elements, then you start to see it show up in your life as being a little bit more of a difficult experience. Mm. Um, and um, interesting. So, but what, the, so then the importance of ritual and having a container for working with those plants is really imperative. Mm-hmm. You know, we can drink nettles and, um, you know, if we just harvested some and we didn't actually ask permission and we didn't, um, you know, give gratitude, you know, oops, you know, <laughs> but, um, but if, if we do that with the master teacher plant, then the, um, 
the effect of that is felt a lot more strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but when we do do that, then the gifts are that much more bestowed upon us. Mm. Amazing. So, do you loved, like connected, that's... supported, inspired, um, and all of the and all of the you know, all of the big dreams that are grander and more beautiful than we ever could have imagined, you know, coming into being manifest, or at least their possibility. Yeah. Amazing. Anyway, I don't want to sound preachy about that subject. <laughs> I don't uh, No, but I think it's, it's important to have reverence for those plans. Yeah. I'm curious um, other plants that you've been working with or that have been, top of mind, especially as we're, you know, we're in this bizarre situation that who can say how long this will all last, but um, yeah, I'm really wanting to think of ways to help people. I'm realizing like, okay, I, I know some plants that I really love and that I can, I use as allies, but um, yeah, I feel like just to share that wisdom and that experience um any plants that come to mind uh physically that may help people physically and or emotionally or spiritually Mm. Mm. yeah well there's a couple books too that as long as we have time to be reading um (laughs) well elliot elliot cowan's book plant spirit medicine is a great one that's like you know a lot of just like anecdotes of what you know, he's experienced clinically over time. Um, and he comes from a Weechol teacher, but, but, um, but that's really great. And the reason I bring that up is because we don't always have access to all the, you know, to some of the plants that we might want to use. And I also know that a lot of places that are, that we trust to buy our herbs from right now are low on or out of a lot of things. Yeah. So it's really a time where we can play with or start to cultivate plant spirit medicine, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. especially before we go to sleep. Um, or, you know, I always like to do that kind of thing in the bath. I feel like water is really a conduit. Mm-hmm. So, um, really I'll mention, I'll mention some of these plants and if they're not accessible to you, then I encourage looking up a picture of the plant and then, you know, kind of calling in with the humble heart, you know, but what are you, what are you about? What kind of medicine do you have for me? Why am I drawn to you? How do you work? You know, what do you look like? And, you know, how can I, how can I utilize you and how can I give back? Um, but so there are a great many plants, um, cause really they're all here to help us, but a few that come to mind are red clover. Mm. Yeah. Red clover. Like, so the, like the wild weeds are always the best because of their resilience and because they're nourishing and because they're usually pretty accessible and they're just so willing too, because they're like, here, look at me, I'm here, you know? (laughs) Um, And so like growing up in the middle of a sidewalk or, you know, so red clover, um, especially for women, Mm -hmm. um, but for anybody, and especially if you're, you know, a couple and you're trying to like take advantage of this all this time at home and you, you know, you're interested in your fertility, you know, that would be one to focus on. Um, Mullen has really come up. I wrote down a couple plants in preparation yeah. for this. And these are the ones that came up red clover mullen, uh, which does have a history of being 
a shamanic plant in North America. Um, mm-hmm. Although it's not like a master teacher plant in the way that the, like the DMT containing plants are, there are a few plants that have been considered as wisdom remedies or shamanic plants. Mullen is one of them. Mm-hmm. And it also happens to be excellent for the lungs, for opening up the lungs for asthma. Mm-hmm. As we know, we can, it's the only plant that you can smoke and it will actually open the lungs up. Um, so not super for um, like immunity and lung support in that way per se, but it is, you know, opening to the lungs and it does have that shamanic, you know, kind of mind opening quality to it. Um, so mullein, rosemary is another one of the wisdom remedies. And that one's super easy to get, go to the grocery store and you know, pick up a poultry blend. And I love rosemary because it's moving to the blood. It's actually, it does have that carminative quality to it where it like heats up and moves. Um, so it can be really useful for um, helping to alleviate cramps in a way by bringing menses on. Rosemary can bring a menses on. Yeah, because of its quality to like kind of uh, move blood and oh, cool. uh, through all throughout the body, circulation and whatnot. Um, but rosemary also has is been considered a wisdom remedy and used for getting into a meditative state Mm -hmm. because it works on the mental faculties and it works on like the the sense of focus. So that's also a really beautiful one. If you want to work with rosemary and, you know, sipping a rosemary tea and then doing trying a breath practice or trying a meditation practice or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it's also just, I find this, the fragrance very, energizing and also somewhat cooling um lavender is another wisdom remedy and also one that's easy to get and sometimes i think maybe even taken for granted because of how common it is and yeah. the rosemary too but lavender can really take you there if you really if you really let it um so and then chickweed is another one of our wild weeds that's just growing everywhere right now just like if look up a picture of it, if you find it, snip it and juice it or put it in the salad or anything you can do. And um, and then lastly, one that's maybe a little harder to get, though, is kava. I think that kava is just mm-hmm. a really, really amazing plant for just calming us down, just getting us into that low hum of where we are held by mama bear and mm-hmm. everything's going to be okay and also though i'm open to um creativity or ingenuity or whatever is coming um so i highly recommend drinking any of those but i i also really recommend steaming mm-hmm. think like while we're home and we have this time and it's available you know, doing a facial steam with like rosemary and thyme, especially the thyme will be protective yeah. and opening to the lungs and it kills any bacteria. Um, so for your face, um, or, you know, even like a, a yoni steam with like red clover and lavender and guys can do steams too, or prostate mm-hmm. steams, you know, like there, there's not as much, uh, that usage know written about but i think that that can be just as helpful for men as it is for women to yoni steam for that area so oh, that's such yeah a put a face idea. mask on do a little self-care moment you know put a face mask on do, put a you know get your yoni steam going and 
you know, read a book or um, sing a song. I don't know. <laughs> whatever you want to do. amazing. I do whatever you want to do. I love that, Roxanne. It's so beautiful. Sounds really wonderful. I noticed on your um, website something I wanted to ask about. Um, you're doing, it's kind of like a Facebook group, but it's mm. different. What is it exactly? What is? Yeah, so that's, it's, that's a perfect way to put it. Um, it's called, like, it's like a Facebook group, but not on Facebook. Yeah. And I love it because it still has the same interface like activity feed and, but it has more than that. So it's similar. You can do a post, you can add a picture, you can add a video, you can ask a question, you can do all, all the same stuff that you would be able to do on a Facebook group on this platform. But there are, are a number of reasons why I like it better. One, it's not on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Two, and they're not selling, they're not selling you anything. There's not ads on it. And they're also not selling your information to anybody. So it's more private. Um, it's cleaner, I think. And there also are like every single post, if you tag it with a topic, it'll automatically pull and filter that into topics. And, um, you can also break out and offer courses on there too. So what it is is it's a Facebook group for everyone. And it's my hope that it becomes a place where um, advanced herbalists and practicing herbalists and just people who are interested in herbal medicine can come and share experience and give each other advice and build it up in that way. And then if everything is sorted by topic, if you're looking for, you know, everything that anybody has posted about kava is right there and you can kind of find, oh, like, so that would be recipes or, you know, experiences and stuff like that. Um, and then also I'm using it for the purpose of, a platform for my course material, which I'm developing some herbalism classes that are going to be offered online. And those are going to be really fun. And I also am offering soon a course called Witch in the Workplace, which is specifically designed for working people who want to influence in a positive and powerful way their workspace the way they show up to work um the way that their actual space is at work and then um you know their relationships with their coworkers. so the idea is you can kind of create your own experience by using the elements of allies mm-hmm. and there's a companion journal with that and also a, a box that you get some fun products to play around with and uh, discover in that way. Oh my gosh. I love that idea of just like bringing a little bit more of the sacred into the everyday for people and Mm -hmm. figuring out ways to kind of bring these practices kind of weaving it into life so that it's not like the separate time, like, okay, this is sacred and this is not, it's like, it's all interwoven and just bringing ritual into the everyday and it can be just like a little moment of like the way that you sip your tea or the way that you wash your face or you know it can be done in little small ways so I love that reminder of like mm. yeah out. exactly it's amazing what can happen if you walk into say a workplace and say hello to your surroundings it may seem mm-hmm. silly but 
you know, hi, computer, hi, file cabinet, you know, hey, bouquet of flowers, hey, mouse pad, hi, you know, uh, and just see how it informs the feeling of the place in a, in a different way. And uh-huh. when typically when we acknowledge things, they come alive. Mm-hmm. And that can support us through whatever we don't know is coming. It could be, I have to all of a sudden show up and present myself or what I've been working on. Or it could be, oh, somebody's coming at me with some, you know, nasty vibe because they have a personal problem. Um, and it's amazing how acknowledging your surroundings and giving thanks for your surroundings, setting up anything right for a few seconds in the beginning mm-hmm. can carry you through in the way that like a plant would as an, as we talk about adaptogens. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that idea so much. Like that's so good. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, remembering like everything is alive. Everything is like coming with energy and so to acknowledge it and I'm like oh my god I just want to like sing to my house I'm like oh my god I love you (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can do that (laughs) and see what happens and like you say like when you were talking about um like admitting to yourself like oh this is silly it's not working like there might be some element of that in there like I'm gonna sing to my house then it's gonna feel weird and like you know whatever but like it's getting you to that place. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. There was something else we talked about the other day too. Um, you were talking about how your you got married and mm-hmm. something about that ceremony is like carrying through and like transforming the way that you're living in your mm. life now. Mm. Do you want to touch yeah. on it at all? Yeah, I can. I would love to, and I'm going to try and keep it concise. Um, <laughs> so all of, all of what we're talking about really is a part of the medicine wheel, so to speak. And the medicine wheel is like a cycle. And the cycle being the same way that our cycle is for, for a year, right? Spring, summer, um, fall, winter, right? Mm-hmm. Just like we associate the seasons with directions like east, south, um, you know, west and north. And the qualities, the elementals that go along with those um Phase of knowing, as we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And so I say that because with our wedding, I was able to really put into practice all of what I was learning about the medicine wheel. So the East is setting something up right, meaning acknowledging that you're starting something, asking for support and starting the thing. And being connected to your intention for why you're doing it. Um, and when, and so when you do that, then you move to the next direction or the next step, which is asking for support and calling in beauty. So, but in the process of asking for support and calling in beauty, you also are asking to recognize it. Like, may I continue to see how I'm supported? feel beautiful, become more beautiful and see more beauty. 
because when we're, and so the recognizing it is very important because oftentimes we ask for support and we're attached to how that support is going to show up. Mm. Like I need this from this person, you know, but, and then that limits us and it limits spirit. And you sometimes set yourself up for a disappointment because really just want to ask for support and be open to whatever way it's going to come. And then you're one, you're surprised usually in a very good way. And you end up feeling more supported instead of placing an attachment or a, um, an expectation on someone who might not have the ability or the capability to fulfill that for you. Mm. So, um, I was able to be aware that, so my husband proposed in like the end of May and we decided by mid July that we were going to get married that fall. And so I happen to also be somebody who likes to have projects and who is pretty organized. And I like to like, you know, yeah. like to have hand in things and I like to, you know, anyway, so I, I realized I needed help. And so I did elicit this wonderful woman um, named Tanya who has had much experience planning weddings. And so I enlisted her help in a partial capacity so that I would still be able to be involved, but that she could help me do logistical things and um, decided that I was going to plan this wedding in, you know, five months and for like 250 people. Um, And I was very conscious the entire time. And it became more apparent as time went on that I was choosing to have this experience of feeling of calling in support, feeling supported, growing to be more beautiful along with everyone around me. And what that resulted in was, is that the, the people who were triggered for whatever reason, because it happens when people get married and, you know, people just funny things come up with people personally. Yeah. Um, so the people who were close friends or even bridesmaids or, you know, family members that, um, had stuff come up and were not able to say fulfill something that they had wanted to or that they had previously said they were going to mm. didn't matter. Yeah. I was like, okay, great. You do you, you help yourself and do what you need to do because I know that the support and exactly what I need is going to come from somewhere else because I've already called it in. And because I am, mm. um, you know, I'm choosing to trust in that. And so what that did was it made it so that that manifested more. It was like this sort of recurring cycle. Mm. And because I held this intention of the day being not just about me and my now husband, um, but also the ceremony of that, like the weight, meaning the ritual and the importance of that threshold crossing of that portal opening, um, the, the ritual of it. And also the fact that it's just a day and it's really just about launching you into like the next phase and it being more about that. Then it was all about honoring that ceremony as a ceremony and not as the end all be all thing. Mm -hmm. And also it was with the intention of, um, setting it up right for what happened afterwards. Right. So then everybody, because I had done that, everybody was on. The, everybody was on the same wavelength. 
Yeah. And so like I had a preparation, a couple of preparations for the wedding that were like, I had a women's circle at my house and it was a few of my closest girlfriends. And the idea was to make love potions, which were like aphrodisiac potions. So it was infused infused maple syrup with our aphrodisiac herbs. So Damiano, rose, kava, um, passion flowers, stuff like that. And in that ceremony that we had here at the house, each per each woman was so infused with her own sense of, you know, self-support and beauty and, you know, community. And each got to make her own love potion to take home that, that, that all was in service of the, the, the ceremony that was to come. And then we served that love potion as a welcome beverage at the wedding, right? So there were these threads that ended up connecting all back together at, at the wedding itself. And so since I was showing up with all of that and we set the stage for, um, for them to show up with that, and then there was this sense of the medicine wheel and the reverence and the ceremony, um, people had a really excellent time and there was a lot there was so much love there and anything that happened or that came up it was okay it didn't turn into a big thing everybody felt like they were there to be in celebration of of love and to stand in solidarity with us as we embarked on this new chapter of our lives so it was um it was a really important for me to go through that whole process and feel um feel these um teachings Mm -hmm. as embodied and actually see them manifest or happen and so to me it was a microcosm of what can really be applied to anything you can take this and apply it to starting a business you can take it and apply it to a new relationship. Um, and you can take it and apply it to, um, you know, intentionally, you know, getting pregnant or, you know, any of these sort of bids for power that we make, wherein we, we, you know, we set an intention. There has to be work involved behind it. We want to build something. And um, it's a dream that we're calling in. And so, you know, what happens and when we set it up right, that's the East, and we call in for the beauty and support. That's uh, the south in the summer. And then we let go of our attachment to how it might look, mm. but stay connected to how we want it to feel, right? And that's the west is like the release. And let go of what's not serving us, you know, in the present to be in, to be in service of making that thing happen. Then we've set it up in a way that we're aware of the actions that we're taking and we can move, we can choose to move with the acting that feels the, the easiest, mm. which is what we want. Yeah. It doesn't have to feel hard. Right. It should flow. Yeah. It doesn't have to feel hard is the thing. I think a lot of us have this story that anything that's worth getting has to be a struggle yeah. <clears throat> and it's not, it, 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 it's not true. What is true is, is that you do have to, sacrifice you have to gift to get right and you have to sacrifice it is something wherein like you're going to be leaving something behind it might not feel good at some point but it doesn't mean that it has to feel like a struggle and in fact if it does you got to take a step back and you know go you know see where you didn't 
where you have to, you know, reevaluate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, that, that was, and that really supported me in then after seeing that, feeling that, achieving that, being of service to the community, which was also a, a part of my intention in the wedding was for it to all feel, for everyone to feel a part of it, for everyone to feel love for everyone, you know? So that also helped fuel me into my own personal work and how I want to show up in the world and offer what I know and not be so attached to how I'm perceived and how I'm doing it or judged for how I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, But just to know that I have knowledge that is coming through me to be shared people, they want any more about it. So <laughs> yeah. I want to continue to do it. It makes me feel good. So that's I it. Love that. And you're so skilled at just explaining all of these things in a very poetic way that just, yeah, feels really true. And I'm like, Oh my God. And fun. Like you just make everything, make it seem like a fun ceremony and ritual to like connect with yourself, connect to your environment, connect to the plants and just yeah proceed forward with like a little more a little more oomph and playfulness and mm. intention at the same time like intentional playfulness mm. i love that yeah and it's all like all is sacred as am i right that's the the thing that we have to come back to because every part of the process is is a is a part of sacredness if we can get there so sometimes it is <coughs> excuse me, you know, vegging out on Netflix for an evening for, you know, for a day for, you know, but, you know, be aware of when you're kind of feeling ready to move out of that phase and let that, you know, be, you know, follow that creative thread, you know, that's, um, so just like how you're not going to be creative and wanting to make and, you know, be on the top of your game or feel perky (laughs) all the time. No, but just every That's every season has its purpose. Every you know, mm. yeah. I love that. I'm curious if there's um, books that you're reading, tools, resources, things you're looking at or uh, watching. Just anything you want to um, suggest to people that they check out while there's like all this free time for many. Yeah. Um, pl- uh, plant spirit medicine, as I said, the Elliot Cowan book. Um, I also have really loved getting into, um, uh, wisdom of the plant devas by mm-hmm. summer deer. That's a great book. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some really great resources online from my teachers at the power path. That's the powerpath.com. And they have um, articles on there and, um, some online courses and even just some free meditations like a tobacco mm-hmm. clearing and like a, like your future self as an ally, which is a really powerful one. Mm-hmm. Um, Whoa. and I've been checking out the North American Institute of Herbalism's, um, you know, sort of like coronavirus resources page. I think that, you know, I really trust that source. And, um, so, them and uh let's see um 
Susan Weed. Susan Weed's always got something, you know, fun happening, <laughs> like, you know, with her easing. Um, I also, oh, uh, there's Sex Magic Podcast, which is really oh, fun that a friend of mine does. Um, and let's see, catching up on... Um, the American Film Institute's top 100 movies of all time. <laughs> Ooh, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. That's um, fun. Yeah. Um, Herbal Wisdom by Matthew Wood. That's a great one. This is all people want to get into plants. Um, uh, what else have I been doing? Uh, one of my favorite yoga studios in Denver, Samadhi Yoga, is offering classes online. So I've been doing that. Oh, wonderful. yeah. And I, yeah, they are very, they have a lot of integrity. And I love the way that they have the teachers show up with the focus on breath and like vinyasa aspect of yoga. And so that's a really, that's a really good one too. They have a number of good breath practices on there. That's a lot. That's <laughs> busy, like, so. what else wants to come through? I, you know, there are so many beautiful herbalists on Instagram that I love to kind of like just dip in to see what people are making and doing. And I think more than anything, you know, get, um, I always want to call it James. I think it's Steve on the herbal medicine makers handbook. That's a oh. great introductory herbalism book and there are so many ways to make different things in there and really I just encourage people to get creative in the kitchen because mm -hmm. then you get to enjoy what you make you get to learn something in the process you get to like feel a little creative and you know go outside and you know start talking to a plant I don't know and write down what your experience is Mm. amazing mm. yeah is there um how can we well okay couple options would you want to uh do a little breath exercise sure yeah just a little breathing exercise just for listeners to well and myself selfishly uh just <laughs> breathe for a minute together and then um, maybe let us know any links or ways to connect with you as well. Okay. Yeah. Whichever order you want to do. Maybe both, just in case. <laughs> yeah. um, well, so you can reach me at elegantalchemyherbals.com. Also at Elegant Alchemy Herbals on Instagram. Those are the best ways to get in contact with me. Amazing. Um, one thing that I was going to mention that I didn't is, is that I'm involved in a community garden here in Los Angeles called the Birdhouse. Oh, and yeah. they are awesome. And I, they do so much about regenerative gardening and soil regeneration and just living in right relationship with oh, the land. And that's a whole other topic that we cover at a different time of working with healing the land, not just with what we do with our hands, but also with what we do with our intentions. And, you know, anyway, so they've got a talk coming up this Saturday um, that's going to be streaming live. And they are also, um, you know, always up to really fun community 
events there. And so I just wanted to Amazing. throw out a little shout out for that. Oh, yes. Thank you for that. Yeah, I'll um, I'll put a link in the show notes for that too. At thebirdhouse.org is their is their website. And oh, so thank you. I'm, so I'm that's I'm kind of affiliated with them also. <laughs> I just wanted to light a little Palo Santo. I love it. Yeah, and um, offer some to you. Thank you. So we can. Close down your eyes. Just land here in the present. Feeling your hip bones or your sits bones on your seat, your feet on the earth, and your crown in the sky. Just gonna drum a little bit. Feel the drum as a heartbeat that connects us all. Take an inhale through your belly, up to the chest, and hold it at the top. Let it out gently through your mouth. One more time, inhale up any energy from below through your spine and let it go gently push it through your mouth You can envision yourself as being encircled by a column of blue light. And this column of blue light extends deep down into the center of the universe, center of our planet. And it extends far up above you, above our planet, way out into the cosmos. And at the bottom of this column, in the center of the liquid, hot core of this planet, there are four great roots, one going out in each direction, east, South, West, North. And at the top of this column, the gray top of a tree, 
many branches, all the cosmic gems shining, the spiritual teachings glowing. And four great branches, one in each direction, east, south, west, north. Take a deep inhale through your belly. Hold it at the top. Relax your jaw and your eyes. Let it go gently. And hold it at the bottom. Inhale gently, full breath again. Hold it at the top. And let it go. Hold it at the bottom. Two more times at your own pace. And when you're done, return to your natural breath. We're going to do one other round of breathing. And it involves a fellow's breath, bastrika, and also a kumbhak, which is the holding. So what we're going to do is, and I'll show you first, you can peek open your eyes if you'd like, is you're going to inhale through your mouth and let the belly float out. And then you're going to exhale and let the belly go back kind of in a, through your nose. So. So inhaling through the mouth, open mouth, belly goes out. Exhale through the nose, belly goes in. And we'll do that 10 times and then hold it at the top. So.
holding it at the top. Relaxing your jaw, your eyes, behind your eyes, your neck, your chest, your gut, your kneecaps. And let it go gently. Gonna do this one more time. You can hold it for as long as feels comfortable at the top. So one more round of 10. So You can just return to your natural breath. And just notice. May place one hand on your belly and one hand on your heart. And connect with something or someone that you're truly grateful for. And let that gratitude Take the form of a golden light in your heart. And let that golden light expand out into a sphere that encompasses your whole body and out and out your whole house, your whole block. your whole neighborhood, your whole state, country, and the entire planet.
Thank you for taking some time to connect with your breath and connect with me and connect with your heart and all of our hearts. Uh, Many blessings. Thank you, Roxanne. That was so beautiful. Thank you so much for offering that. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm going to listen to that over and over. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure. Yeah, and you can do that in three rounds, and you can also practice it. I didn't go into it, but you can also practice it with holding it at the uh, at the top and then at the bottom and you'll notice that you can start to hold your breath for longer and um yeah just you know have fun have fun yeah I'm gonna (laughs) play with that oh my gosh so exciting oh my gosh well I just feel so much gratitude and so thankful that I got to reconnect with you and yeah thank you for sharing all of your beautiful wisdom and insight and just your mm-hmm. gifts. You're so talented and it's so exciting to see and so inspiring just to see how you're like really continuing to blossom and transform and evolve. And yeah, really just such a treat to know you. So thanks for making Aww. time. Thank you. The feelings are mutual. The feelings are so mutual. Aww. And I just like, I'm so glad that we've reconnected and I just support you in everything that you do in your healing journey in the time in the studio podcast and you know your own um just self-discovery and blossoming in your own way too and so so grateful to know you (laughs) thank you for your support yeah thank you um just a um a different perspective yeah just that like you like like you were saying, some people want to hear directly about the virus and some people don't what just want to hear about what's going on on the planet. And the truth of the matter is is that there's so much more going on than just the virus itself. Yeah. Um, you know, the virus itself has come as a disruptor and as a way for us to really um, you know, take stock of where we've been and process any of that you know, hurt, grief, karmic stuff. Um, But really it's about the forces underneath that that are propelling so much change. Mm -hmm. And it's that uncertainty that can feel chaotic and that can feel um, scary. And so... It's 100% right to be talking about more than just the coronavirus because there actually is so much more going on. And it is such a powerful time. It's such a creative time. Or like that fertile feminine, inner feminine void is like, it's the place of darkness, pure potential. Mm-hmm. It can be, it is chaotic, but it also can be that place that we touch into when we retain our breath. That is stillness and that is depth and that is calm and so that's another reason why it's important to work with the breath as it's like a non-linear way to work with these things um but that it's 
um, a really creative time too. So I encourage everyone to work with the forces and channel whatever the feelings are into a creative project because we have the femininity happening of the creation, but we also have the very masculine forces of, um, you know, of kind of death in a way, you know, happening. And that can be an ally for us. And so if we think of the coronavirus as an ally in service of the bigger stuff that's going on as a question, you know, what do we get? You know, um, and to also see the people who are taking the opportunity to leave the planet at this time as people who are being a part of um, a great service, mm -hmm. you know, taking a lot of old energy with them. Mm -hmm. and agreeing to do this so really it's um a way that we can help usher in and smooth make this process this experience a bit smoother too for ourselves and the others on the planet um is by you know blessing everyone mm -hmm. wishing everyone well um yeah. especially the people who are carrying you know carrying it with them and the people who are feeling it on this planet just envision your negative energy being magnetized to the people who are leaving this planet and, mm -hmm. you know, bless them on their way and bless everyone who is still here. So that's a practical way of actually doing a lot. Like that's actually doing a lot with working with the coronavirus and stuff, even though it might not be a mask or it might not be, you know, out there tactile in the world. Yes. That's such a beautiful meditation. I love um, that. Idea everyone's experience. Yeah releasing the negative and like yeah smoothing out this transition and setting the intention for all this transformation using mm. oh you know something that I forgot to say too mm. um last thing is that I forgot to say is, is that um every Tuesday night I do a power circle which is a combination of meditation and breath work and drumming and we always it's always topical um but we're always working with the elemental forces to be a proactive um, agent of our own experience and so it serves as intention setting it also serves as healing and it's a nice little half an hour uh, gift that I that I give and that one can give to themselves by participating Ooh. every week and so information for that's on my Instagram always and my website amazing I want to do that I saw that and I was like I need to do it so now is the time because I have time <laughs> yeah thank you for yeah. that <laughs> oh my gosh Roxanne I love you so much yeah. I'm so thankful for you and thank you uh, for all of that so beautiful Thank you so much for dropping into time in the studio today. I am so thankful for your support. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend. Uh, you can also follow, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, and if you have extra money at this time, I know not many people are in that situation, but some people are. And if you would like to support the podcast, please feel free to do so at Patreon. You can just look up time in the studio podcast. And yeah, I, 
I appreciate your support and encouragement in whatever form it takes. You can, and I want to support and encourage you as well. Uh, so I'd like to start doing uh, a little timeline, so showcasing one to three people each week that are doing something cool with plants or creativity, which I feel like is everyone if you think about it in one way or another. So it could be how you're cooking or things you're growing in your garden or things you're drawing or things that you're doing to take care of yourself or take care of your kids or teach your kids or really anything. Uh, yeah, you can tag what you're up to hashtag time in the studio or time in the studio podcast you can also message me and i would like to yeah showcase you and if you do leave a review on apple Podcasts, feel, please feel free to leave your website or your instagram name to help draw more attention to the work that you're up to as well if you would like uh lots of love and light to you all through these wild strange days and please take care Tend to yourself, do what you need. Lots of love to you.